The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. It takes a while to, it takes two, about two hours to actually get into the writing. I sit there and try to trance out and try to focus for a minimum of two hours before I can actually just begin to make words. So a good writing day, those good writing days for me were when, and and I want you to keep in mind, I was a grad student. I was teaching uh, as an adjunct professor and I had these children who all had their things, piano, swim, football, all of these different things. I didn't really have a lot of time during the day. So what I did was I only slept on the weekends. Like I did sleep like maybe two hours during the week, but I woke, wrote through the night. Like when the house was all quiet and everyone was asleep, you, you can sit down and you can write. Welcome back to The Writer Files. This is your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance for usual. Pushcart Prize-winning short story writer and debut novelist Latoya Watkins spoke to me about landing the cover of Publishers Weekly, Writers to Watch, The Legacy of William Faulkner, and her debut, Parish. Latoya Watkins holds a PhD from the University of Texas at Dallas, and her writing has appeared in a public space, The Sun, McSweeney's, Kenyon Review, the Pushcart Prize Anthology, and elsewhere. Her debut is Parish, a novel about a Black Texan family exploring the effects of inherited trauma and intergenerational violence as the family comes together to say goodbye to their matriarch on her deathbed. It's been named a most anticipated book of 2022 by Good Morning America, Essence, Esquire, Millions, among others, and named Amazon's Best Debuts August 2022. The New York Times Book Review called Watkins Parish an impressive feat of storytelling and a difficult read, a tender story of silences and secrets. In this file, Latoya and I discussed how she went from first-generation college grad to being compared to Alice Walker and Toni Morrison, carving out the time to write as a mother of three, how writing short stories prepared her to write the novel, why it typically takes her two hours to find her flow state, 
writing about intergenerational trauma and the cost of slavery and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are back on The Writer Files, and I am honored today to be joined by a special guest. I've got LaToya Watkins is on the line today to talk about all things writing and her debut novel, which, uh, congratulations. How are you feeling today on the uh, eve of the birth of your baby? Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm, I'm just a bundle of nerves. Like it's, I'm very excited and nervous and hoping that everyone who picks it up will love this baby as much as I do. <laughs> well, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about Parrish. And of course, all of the acclaim that it's receiving and this fantastic debut. But let's let's go back as we do with so many authors and talk about the before times. And yeah, I mean, God, this fantastic uh, career and kind of, you know, talk about the, the moment when you just decided like you're going to ditch this uh, this law uh, degree and go for it, you know, and and really delve into the literary world, because that must have been kind of an interesting transition for you. It was, it was, it was interesting, but it wasn't as big as it might've seemed since I didn't actually start law school. Okay. I almost started law school. I was accepted and was thinking about it. And then um, I was working at this publishing company that published educational resources. Um, I was working as an assistant editor and there was an attorney who came to work there as an editor and it was it was the most fascinating and interesting thing that I had seen up to that point. I was just like, why would you stop practicing law to come and do this um, for this small amount of money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were very much alike in that we had this social kind of these social hangups, this social anxiety. And she started talking about how much she disliked being an attorney and how many people she had to talk to and work with. And in this, in these ways that were all kind of within the law. So I kind of started thinking about that. And at the time, while I was thinking about that, I was kind of writing. Um, I really didn't have any training as a writer, but I was still writing and I had been doing that since I was a, a little girl. But as a first generation college graduate, I didn't know. I had no examples for how that works as a career, right? Like mm-hmm. if that could work as a career or what I was supposed to do next, um, which is why I pulled for law school. Like my family was counting on me to um, lead the children of the family. So I needed to do something really big. And I realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do, or I don't even think that I had it in me to do that. So I applied to go to grad school. I didn't know about MFAs or anything like that. So I just 
decided that I would take a workshop and look for someone who could tell me whether or not I had what it took to be a writer, like a professional writer or any kind of writer who is read and um, who could send me in a direction to get training for that. And Hmm. that's how I ended up in this interdisciplinary program that was not just about writing. It took me a while to remember why I was there in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story. And I thought um, covered very well by, I think, Texas Monthly, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got to it's gotta feel uh, a little daunting to be mentioned in the same breath <laughs> as, some, as some of these literary lions. Talk a little bit about kind of some of your influences, but uh, what that feels like. Because I think, uh, and I will uh, just pull the quote from the pull quote from Texas Monthly, which was pretty fantastic. Watkins joins a tradition of Southern writers who delve into the taboo and grotesque to expose a dark past and a dim backtracking present, like Walker's The Color Purple and Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. Uh, Parrish lures readers past the pain with a spellbinding, buoyant use of language. And yeah, talk, talk about what it feels like to be mentioned in the same breath as William Faulkner as well. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I am honored to, to be mentioned in the same breath as all of these, to even be thought of in, at the same time like yeah. as, as some of these writers. But, and, and I am, I have to admit, I wouldn't not admit that, um, I wouldn't bypass this, that I am a fan, that I read I read, I studied Faulkner's work, Walker's The Third Life of Grange Copeland and The Color Purple. And every, I I am a huge fan of Morrison. I love these writers. I look up to these writers. But when I set out to write, I think what I have to keep reminding myself is that I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to write the stories that I write. And I think thinking about it in terms of, I don't know, being compared or being, it, it, it's, that's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it could cause a lot of angst and it could kind of cause a lot of pause in the future for me if, you know, I can't produce again. So I am just trying to write stories that speak to me. And I, again, I am honored to to be mentioned in the same breath as these wonderful, amazing, influential, powerful writers. And I can only hope that my career, um, my influence on the world, it can, I can leave a fraction of what they have and are leaving behind. Well, uh, congrats on the reception. Uh, for Par- Parish, which you know, I mean, it's got to feel really good on the on the eve of the launch, and um, I'm sure you're gearing up for that. But also, as you mentioned, there's probably some anxiety. Um, do you have, you know, I've I've heard other writers talk about kind of the uh, the birthday of their of their debut or you know other other works as kind of a grief experience because you're finally letting it go and it's completely out of your control now, right? Right. I mean, 
because it's all in the, I think the positive reception, negative, it's all, it all, it all goes to the same place. It all almost feels the same once you swallow it. Um, so it is, I'm, I've, I've described this as a baby for so long and I am a, a mother. Um, I have three children and what it felt like on the eve of those graduations on when they were, when I was preparing myself to send them off into the world, this is similar, right? Like, you're going through a period of transition and change. You are becoming something else. There is another role that you are going to have to transition or shift into. Um, and I am attempting to prepare for that, um, trying to step into that role as this is no longer just mine. Hmm. It belongs to everyone. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to talk a little bit about Parrish and kind of the uh, the process that went into it. And uh, as a short story writer, do you think that that kind of had prepared you to to construct a piece like this and talk a little bit about the form and the format that you chose to kind of how how you put put all of these pieces together and kind of the genesis and the inspiration behind it? Okay. Um, I know that's a lot. It's a, but it's good. It's okay. it's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't think this, I think this, I'm, I'm interested in this short story preparing me for it idea. Um, I think last year, no, no, no. Right before I finished Parish um, a couple of years ago, I, this, this was such a, a, a difficult, it wasn't a di as difficult to write as it was to sit with these characters and become them and experience um, life as they were experiencing it because some of this, some of their experiences are devastating. Right. Yeah. So I think that as a short story, and I had to sit with them for so long, right before I was ready to submit this to my agent, I decided that I am in love with the short story and that the novel is something that is more difficult because of the, the stretch of time that you have to spend with um, sometimes very bright characters and sometimes very sad ones. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't think that, I think if anything, the short story ruined the writing of this book for me. <laughs> For me, because I'm the type of writer who can write a short story in a single sitting. And I worked, I revised this book for years mm. and sat with these characters, had them in my home for years. And I had nightmares about their nightmares. And wow. there were so many things that I experienced while writing this book that I thought I didn't like novel writing until I sat down and read it um, after all of the edits and revisions were done. And it felt like something 
I was surprised. I was in awe that I had been tasked um, to create such a gift uh, and, and something that I'm very proud of and in love with. Um, and I think it is because it was so painful and so close to me for so long. Uh, and, and, and I think it's just an experience that, and this is probably, I don't know if this is what all novelists experience because I've changed so much since I walked into Parish. I, walking through that book shaped, had, has a lot to do with who I am today and how I love today and how I experience the world today. And I can't wait to start like that next experience. But mm. I think it, it, in, in, it prepared me at, in a craft sense, but in the way that I am a short story writer, in the same way that I'm a short story writer, I am not a novel writer. Like these are two different writers for mm. me. Mm-hmm. And I think the inspiration for this book had a lot to do with um, exploring myself and the world as a student um, in in a literal sense, like I was a grad student, but also exploring the place that I've come from in a way that I hadn't been allowed to look at it. The questions that I hadn't asked Um, the people of the land, the questions that I hadn't asked the land um, itself. So I was inspired. This West Texas has always been the ugliest place to me. It's so dry. And so like, there's something, it's not green, right? Like the Texas Hill country is green and beautiful and scenic and West Texas can be, it looks for me, it used to look barren and tumbleweedish and dusty um, to a point that sometimes the sky is actually red. Hmm. So seeing the beauty in that was something like the beauty in this chaos or this, this, uh, this thing that I've always seen as unattractive or unpleasant was really intriguing as I researched different things, different parts like religion and community um, in West Texas. Mm -hmm. And it made me look at the people uh, who were, who some were sometimes hard and quiet and also look for the beauty in them and in the stories that they told and the things that they didn't say when telling those stories. So I think that's where this writing came from that's where the idea for this work came from is that place where people don't necessarily tell their stories in writing um, and they tell versions of stories about themselves and leave out the parts that are most unattractive well congrats on the work um i know that it was a labor of love because it comes through but yeah, uh, you know, I'll just mention again, Parish, a debut novel about a Black Texan family exploring the effects of inherited trauma and intergenerational violence as the family comes together to say goodbye to their matriarch on her deathbed. Um, talk about the process and kind of 
you know, obviously you're doing some research prior to the to the genesis of uh, the writing piece. But yeah, talk a little bit about some of some of the research piece, but really like when you were hitting your stride, when you were finally feeling like, oh wow, this is coming together, you know, kind of like your best your best describe to us like your best writing day if you can when you're you know like finally hitting it like are you you know pot of coffee uh doors closed headphones on you know what 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 does that feel like once you've kind of done the research piece and you're like raring to go oh my gosh my best writing day i call it trancing out Mm. so when i started writing parish my kids were still at home and I was like the nucleus of my home. Like everyone had to come to me for everything. Like everyone had to, like I had no respect. There, there was no respect for a closed door in those days, like my <laughs> office door. Like, mom, I can't find the peanut butter. It was anything. And for <laughs> me, it takes a while to, it takes two, about two hours to actually get into the writing. I sit there and try to trance out and try to focus for a minimum of two hours before I can actually just begin to make words. So a good writing day, those good writing days for me were when, and and I want you to keep in mind, I was a grad student. I was teaching uh, as a adjunct professor and I had these children who all had their things, piano, swim, football, Mm. all of these different things. I didn't really have a lot of time during the day. So what I did was I only slept on the weekends. Like I did sleep like maybe two hours during the week, What? but I wrote through the night. Like when the house was all quiet and everyone was asleep, you, you can sit down and you can write. So usually I found my stride at, 2 or 3 a.m. And those were the best writing time when I was no longer in my home, when I was in Jerusalem with these people and I could no longer hear anything. I couldn't hear our dogs barking. I couldn't hear children getting up to go to the restroom or for water. I was no longer there. And those were my best writing days. Amazing, amazing. You know, I could pick your brain all day. Probably uh, we are running short on time. So I just wanted to go back to this idea of, uh, I mean, I want to talk about intergenerational trauma, of course. I also want to talk about kind of how you're feeling about you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if these are your words, or, or you know, even if you're thinking in this sense, but kind of the Renaissance and Southern Black writing, and and Brian Washington has been on the show as well. Oh, he he came on, and we did an interview about his debut novel, which was stunning. I love his work. Yeah, uh, I love it. Talk a little bit about, I don't know, maybe you can intertwine those two thoughts, but I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'd love to hear hear how you're feeling. I'm so um, fascinated by what's going on in in Black writing right now. Um, I think last year I spent a lot of time reading what I um, am now calling this re, re this visitation of 
um, slavery, right? So you have all of these new narratives of fiction around slavery that looks at it in a different way than it was looked at before now in Black literature, right? And it's fascinating to see these um, characters, these people given lives and hopes and dreams, these, these diverse experiences, if, if you will. I'm, I'm so excited about that. And, and this, uh, this idea that there are different genres or areas, different things that you can pull from Black literature right now. You can go to your slave text. You can go to your civil rights text. You can go, you can look for horror. You can look for romance. Whereas I feel like in, in the eighties, when I was reading um, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the yeah, late eighties, early nineties, when I became a reader, Pat Conroy was my favorite. Um, I couldn't find, see a lot of myself. I remember how big the color purple was for my mother. I remember my first experience with um, Toni Morrison, but now there are so many um, books that I can read and, and see myself in, and I am here for it all. Hmm. I love that. Um, well, uh, we won't keep you much longer. I would love to just get your final advice to scribes and just kind of how to persevere through tough t- end times or or before times or whatever it may be. I will point at your uh, home base, of course, LatoyaWatkins.com and the fantastic uh, debut parish. And um, yeah, you're on the socials there and we can connect with you. It looks like on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, maybe just kind of your final thoughts on just how to how to keep going. Yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to feel like your story is not important and that you want to give up. Um I think in this in this industry, we deal with a lot of rejection. I think pushing through that rejection is important because you want those stories to end up where they're supposed to be in front of who they're supposed to end up in front of, because some just sometimes they can be life changing for people sometimes. That's what a reader needs in front of them to get through whatever it is that they're going through, be it something that makes them laugh, something that makes them cry, or something that makes them fold inside themselves and look for things that they didn't know were there. Keep doing that work. I would go as far as saying that is the work of God. Um, So keep writing and don't worry about what's going to happen to that work before it's time to send it out into the world. Yeah. I love that. Well, a final question for you um, before we log off here, what are you working on now? I am working on, I'm actually in the research um, stages of uh, this story about a Dallas um, man who is um, abandoned and fostered by this incredible, another incredible um, Dallas man. But it's a book on Dallas in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And a lot of the racial tension that was going on there and how people survived um, a lot of that. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for your wisdom and uh, definitely for your work. Um, congrats on the latest and we wish you the best of luck. Come back and talk with us again. Thank you. I will. <laughs> it was a pleasure. It was. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm.